This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. A bit of deja vu going on tonight. Last night was the Babe Ruth story, and in tonight's show, baseball plays a prominent role. Vincent Price will wear the mantle of the saint, otherwise known as Simon Templer. Vincent Price was well known for his distinctive voice and performances in horror films. His career spanned other genres, too, including film noir, drama, mystery, thriller, and comedy. He appeared on stage, television, radio, and in more than 100 films. He has two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, one for motion pictures and one for television. Vincent Price was an art collector and consultant with a degree in art history. In fact, he lectured and wrote books on the subject. He was the founder of the Vincent Price Art Museum located in California. He was also a noted gourmet cook. But tonight, we'll hear him putting his acting chops to work as the saint in the episode... Baseball Murder. The Adventures of the Saint, starring Vincent Price. characters created by Leslie Charteris and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes transcribed to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor, Vincent Price as The Saint. Going to the ball game, huh, Mr. Templer? It's a great day for it. Didn't know you was fond of baseball. You fond of baseball, Mr. Templer? Yes, indeed, Louis. You know, I should have gone in for baseball instead of becoming a cab jockey. Grown men getting paid thousands of dollars for tossing a little ball around two hours a day. Can you beat it, can you, Mr. Templer? I'm asking you, can you beat it? Louis, I... Baseball, you can't beat it. Now, I'd like to live in a town where they got major league ball. The Blue Sox here is all right, but it's minor league. You think we'll ever get a big league ball in this town, Mr. Templer? I see you think we'll ever get big league ball, Mr. Templer. You got quiet today, Mr. Templer. My silence, friend Louie, is purely comparative. Oh. Well, since you're not feeling well, it's good you're taking the afternoon off. Been reading about the father and son of the Blue Sox? Lefty and Phil Miller? They're rather interesting. Supposedly the first time in baseball father and son have played on the same team. Yeah, yeah. The old man just down from the majors and the kid on his way up. Old Lefty was great in his day, though, and the kid will be great, too. They both playing today, Louie? Neither one. Phil ain't doing a pitch till tomorrow, and the old man's got a game leg. Won't even be a uniform. That's what goes first in baseball, Mr. Templer, the legs. In my line of work... I know, I know. Mr. Templer, you know something funny? There's rumors out about the Blue Sox. What kind of rumors, Louie? 
The rumors say the Sox are going to do business. Lose a ball game that maybe they should win. Oh, nonsense, Louie. Baseball is honest. You know that. Maybe so, but it's still got to be played by humans. Hey, you'd better step on it, my cynical friend. We're late. Sure, Mr. Templer. Most likely nothing to the rumors anyway. You know how it is driving a cab. You pick up all sorts of things. Me, it don't do no good to pick nothing up. I'm married. Hey! <laughs> Did you hear that, Mr. Templer? I said, me, it don't do no good to pick nothing up. Uh, I heard, Louie. I heard. Pretty funny, huh? Louie, take me out to the ball game. Thanks for coming, Saint. Sit down, sit down. Thanks. I hope I'm not late. No, the game won't start for another ten minutes. How's the leg, Lefty? That's improving, Saint. How's crime? It stays about the same, always with us. (laughs) Yeah, that it is, that it is. Blue Sox gonna win today? You know something, Saint? I don't much care. Oh, don't get me wrong. When I'm in there myself, I play to win. That's the only way I know. But after the majors, you don't get very excited over the Blue Sox. I guess not. I'm just playing out the string. What comes after that, I don't know. A manager's job? Uh, No chance. I was too busy spending my money while the smart boys were learning the inside of the game. But I had fun, I guess. Did you? Nah. Saint, there's only one thing in baseball I care about. There's only one thing in the world I care about. He's sitting across the field in the dugout wearing number 33. My son. Mm, I hear Phil's a great pitcher, Lefty. Uh, He's good. He'll be great. He's going up next year. Maybe this... Here, take a look at him through the binoculars. Hmm. Yeah. He looks like you, Lefty. You really think so? Yeah. Saint, I'm worried sick about him. That's why I asked you. I know, that's why I'm here. What are you worried about? Well, I think they're after him, Saint. The crowd with the dirty money's after him. I never handle any dirty money, but I've been around it and I can smell it. I can smell it now. What does Phil say? Have you talked to him? I can't talk to him. Maybe you read in the papers about a wonderful father and son relationship, huh? <laughs> the kid hates me. How come, Lefty? He was brought up by his mother, and he was brought up to hate me. I got a divorce from her when the kid was two years old. I gave her a raw deal. He should hate me. You say you smell dirty money. You have anything else to go on, Lefty? Rumors. And a girl. No, I, I take that back. A woman. Hey, take another look through the glasses, Saint. She's sitting in the box behind Phil, bending over to talk to him. She's there every day. Yes. Yes, indeed. Perhaps I should have taken up baseball. Well, that's just it. Does a, does a woman who's got what she has go for a 21-year-old kid just because he plays baseball good? Ordinarily, no. But she's got Phil hooked so hard and so deep I hurt all over for him. He thinks it's romance. What do you think it is? I don't know. Not exactly. Saint, could you... Could you see if you could find out? I can try. What's her name, Lefty? Diane Courtney. She's staying at the Regent, same hotel the ball club puts up at. I happened to hear the kid making a cocktail date with her there for six this evening. Good. You see if you can get him delayed a few minutes. I will. Find out what she's trying to do, Saint. Find out who's in back of her. If they spoil that kid, I'll... They won't. They won't, Lefty. Thanks, Saint. And if there's anything I can ever do... Don't worry about it. In fact, I'm looking forward to meeting Miss Courtney. I'm sure we'll have a lot in common. Baseball and... (laughs) Well, we'll find something. Do you mind if 
I sit down here. The bar seems to be rather crowded. Is it that crowded? Matter of fact, it was crowded the minute you walked in. Mm, sit down. <laughs> but I am waiting for someone. He might be late. That's very true, but... He won't be. What are we drinking, martinis? You say so. Waiter, two martinis, extra dry. Yes. I see that you're a devotee of the national pastime. That could very well be. Which national pastime? Hmm. I saw you at the ball game today. Yes, I go every day. Business or pleasure? What's that supposed to mean? Baseball is a business for some. Yes, sir. Oh, thank you, waiter. Uh, let's drink to uh, pleasure. Let's just drink. I found that you run out of toasts long before you run out of drinks. A comment on human frailty. Well, what is it you want, friend? I appreciate your frankness. It's one of your concealed assets. I'd like some answers about Phil Miller. Who are you? Don't you know? No. I'm the man who wants the answers about Phil Miller. Should I start asking questions? Phil just came in. We can't talk now. Come up to my room in 15 minutes, 808. Will you? I need help. Believe me, I need help. Say, I thought we had a date, Diana. Was I wrong? Uh, my friend's just leaving, Phil. And I don't care for your tone. Oh, I, well, I'm sorry, Diane. I just thought that... Well, don't. Remember, I don't care for the jealousy routine. You're too young for it. Yeah. Okay, Diane. Well, it's been charming, but I have a cab waiting for... I'll see you again. Definitely. Yes, definitely, Diane. <laughs> Are you a cab, sir? Oh, thank you. I have one waiting. Hey, here he is. Wait till, Mr. Templer. Nowhere, Louie. I have a date in the hotel here in 15 minutes. You got a friend? I'm afraid not. Uh, I'm just dreaming. Louie, I'm not absolutely convinced about the purity of the lady's intentions. This is a cause for complaint? You misinterpret. Come up to room 808, 10 minutes or so after I go up and uh, knock on the door. I get you. But if I shouldn't happen to need a cab at that particular time... I'm ahead of you. There's times in everybody's life when the least thing he needs is a taxi. Louis, that's spoken like a philosopher. Quickly, someone may see Someone's you. Someone's already seen him. Frank. Go ahead in, Jack. And I'm right behind you with something that resents any quick moves. You sneak up behind people pretty quietly, Frank. Used to be in a girl guides. Shut the door, Diane. But... Shut it. Now, my nosy friend here and me has business. I didn't tell the saint anything, Frank. I just... The boss don't like nosy guys like the saint. I don't like nosy guys like the saint. Let him alone, Frankie. What good will beating him up to? The boss's orders. Besides, my analyst tells me beating up nosy guys I don't like is a good way of waking up my aggressions. Your analyst? What's the matter? I can't get analyzed. What does your analyst say about you carrying a gun? Didn't he point out this is an artificial prop to your otherwise charming personality? Oh, you could. My analyst says I shouldn't get insulted at remarks by neurotics. You think I'm a neurotic? If you ain't now, Jack, you will be when I finish. <laughs> Oh, don't fall down yet, Sid. I got more for you before I let go. How do you want that? I stop it, Frank. I stop it. Okay. Uh, darn it, I shouldn't have got mad. My analyst says I should have let my emotions color my business life. <laughs> 
Mr. Templer. Oh. Oh, Louis. Mr. Templer, you all right? Should I call a doctor? Oh, no, no. I'm all right. I, I guess. Ooh. What happened, Mr. Templer? I knocked on the door just like you said. When nobody answered, I'd come in. You was on the floor. You're still on the floor. Yeah, and I think I'll stay here. Ooh. Ooh. Got myself worked over, Louie, by a psychoanalytical muscle boy. Oh, he sure gave you some beautiful lumps. Yeah. Real neat professional job. Mm. Hey, what's this business card in your chest, yours? No. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Mm. Huh. Frankie must have put it there. This is part of the warning, I guess. What's it say? It says the, uh, the fixer. I fix anything. Hmm. Huh. He ain't what you'd call modest, is he? No, but fixes rarely are. Look, I, I think we better have a doctor spray you with some acurochrome. No, Louie, I'm going to be too busy. Doing what? Sleeping. What time is it? Midnight. Are you asleep? I went to bed early tonight. Had a rather trying evening. Look, I've been finding out things. Things about the crowd with the dirty money. And who the head of it is. You mean who the fixer is? Yeah. I found out what they're trying to get from the kid. From Phil. Can you meet me here at the hotel? Half an hour. Good. In the bar. I'm going after some more dope now. You better wait until I get there, Lefty. They're rough boys. Uh, I know. But don't worry about me. See you in half an hour. Waiter, another Johnny Walker over ice, please. Yes? Thanks. Look, you're Simon Temple, aren't you? The one they call the saint? Sit down, Phil. I'm not sitting down. Got some things to tell you. I've heard that you've been asking questions about me, and I can guess who sent you. It was my father. Look, isn't it kind of late for you, Phil? You're supposed to pitch tomorrow. I don't need anybody to run my life for me. You or my father either. Where is he? Well, I was to meet him here, but he hasn't shown up yet. Most likely up in his room. All right, come on. Let's go up and see him. I want to straighten you both out together. You know what room he's in? Sure. 908. Right Come with on. you, Phil. Right. Oh, waiter. Yes? Uh, hold that drink for me. I'll be back for it sooner or later. Hey, Dad. Open up. I want to talk to you. Doesn't look like your father is in. Try the door. It's open. What's on? But there's no... Dad. Better Dad. Dad. Look, I told you not to look. He shot himself. Why? Why? He's dead, Phil, and there's a gun in his hand, but he didn't pull the trigger. What are you trying to prove? Who did? Where to, Mr. Templer? Uh, Regent Hotel, Louis Inn. Good morning. Good morning. Say, I read in the papers this morning about Lefty Miller. Oh, tough. Why do you think he did it, Mr. Temple? He didn't. The police can buy the suicide theory for the time being, but it was murder, Louie. A friend of mine was murdered last night, and today things are going to be done about it. What are you going to do with the region? I'm going back to the young lady's room where I had such an interesting time last evening. This time I'd better go with you. Yeah, perhaps you'd better, Louie. And I'm hiring you for the whole afternoon. We've got a lot of ground to cover. Lefty was a great ball player, Mr. Templer. Seen him in the World Series once at Yankee Stadium. Hard to believe he's dead. A man can be killed in a lot of ways, Louie. He can be killed fast or he can be killed through what happens to his son. 
I'm glad at least that didn't happen to Lefty. You sure nobody is in? I called on the house phone before we came up. I think this key will fit. Hey, how did you get a key? I remember to make an impression of the lock after that beating last evening. There. There we are in. Nobody here, all right. Shut the door, Louie, and lock it. Okay. What are you looking for, Mr. Templer? The truth, Louie. As my friend Philip Marlowe would say, crime detection is an adventure in search of the hidden truth. And to find the hidden truth looking out that window on the fire escape? Perhaps, Louie, perhaps. Mr. Templer, somebody's at the door. Hey, Louie, I'll handle this. If I need help, I'll... If you need help, we're in trouble. Good morning, Miss Courtney. Hey, what are you doing Come here? Come in, Diane. Miss Courtney, my good friend Louie. Oh, charmed. Uh, you want I should leave, Mr. Temple? No, we'll both be leaving in a minute, Louie. Just as soon as we ask Miss Courtney some questions, she probably won't answer. What questions? Like who killed Lefty Miller? I don't know. I, I thought it was suicide. You see, Louie? Who's the fixer, Diane? I, I can't tell you. I, I'm afraid. Think. If you believe me, if you'd help me. Why are you working on Phil Miller to throw a ball game? Why? I can't tell you. They, they, I'm frightened. Look, I don't care how frightened you are. A man's been killed. Why? I, I can't. I, I'm afraid. The lady's afraid. Come on, Louie. Let's go back to the ballpark and see if we can throw a few curves. <laughs> Mr. Bush. As manager of the Blue Sox, you must have known Lefty Miller fairly well. Uh, not well, no. I manage the team, but you don't manage an old pro like Lefty. You just tell him what time the game is, and uh, he does the rest. Yes. From what I saw of him, though, he, he was a good guy. I'm sorry. How's Phil taking it? Well, it's hard to tell about kids. He and Lefty weren't close. Well, maybe you knew that. Yes, I knew that. But it's hard to tell just how he was taking it. Tonight's his turn to pitch, and I told him, of course, I'd start somebody else, but no. He's going to pitch tonight? Insisted on it. Said he had it. He'll pitch. You think he should? Well, he's the best we got. And I might get a phone call tomorrow telling me he's sold to the major leagues. Anytime he wants to pitch, he'll pitch. Mr. Bush, have you heard any rumors about a fix on your ball club? Oh, Mr. Templer, there's always rumors around any kind of sport. I've never been in a phony ball game, and as far as I know, I've never seen one. So, I don't listen to rumors. Thanks, Mr. Bush, and uh, good luck tonight. To you and Phil both. I want to go see a bookmaker, Louie. Sam the Spender. Do you know him? Sure, I know him. Biggest bookie in town. Place down on State Street, only a block or two down the street. Got something good in Hollywood Park? No, Louie. You want something good? Thanks, but no, this is different. I did a favor for Sam once. He might be able to return it. Sam returns anything but money. One time I had a three horse parley going against him. First two come in, the third is leading into the street. Hey, Louie, isn't this the place? What? Oh, yeah, you're sure. Wait for me here, Louie. It won't be long. Sure, Mr. Temple. 
Hello, Sam. How's business? Simon Templer, glad to see you. What can I do for you? Information, Sam. Which will go no further than and Simon Templer. We in business. Say, do you handle any baseball money, Sam? Nah, nah. In the East, it's big business. It's all bet on the major leagues. Out here, peanuts. Have you handled or heard of any bets lately on the Blue Sox or against them? Against them, yeah. Only yesterday. Funny deal, too. Care to tell me about it? Yeah, sure. A big creep comes in with $200 to bet against his socks in the game tonight. I don't like the smell of it. Nah. I tell him, nah. Then the creep tells me what's wrong with me is that I had an emotionally insecure childhood. <laughs> Honest. Go on, Sam. Then he does a funny thing. He give me an extra 200 to pay you off if he win the bet. <laughs> Imagine that. And if the Sox win, I get to keep the home 400. <laughs> the guy's nuts. I can't lose. The best he can do is break even. Where's the payoff, Sam, if the Sox lose? In room 808, the region, tonight after the game. Do you get it, Sam? I'm beginning to. Lefty hmm? Miller was right. Dirty money has a smell to it, and I'm beginning to smell it. Thanks, Sam. Anytime, Saint. See you soon? Maybe tonight. Tonight? I hope so, Saint. Nothing personal, Sam, but uh, I hope not. Good evening, Diane. Well, it's our old friend, Jack. Oh, how are you, Frankie? What is this room, Mr. Templer? Your home, away from home? Diane, let me throw the bum out. Easy, Frankie. Your aggressions are showing. Anything in particular you wanted, Saint? Frankie and I are busy. Yeah, I can see that. Busy packing. Too busy to go to the ball game tonight. Or did you know beforehand how it would come out? Let me throw the bum out. I hate schizophrenics. But he looks like such an interesting one, Frankie. And he's handsome, too. My well, Diane, you're not so frightened as you were. Well, I... It's all right. I won't tell the boss. Jack, you better get out of here. It ain't healthy. What's your trouble? You got a compulsion or something? No, it's just that when I start out on something, I like to be in on the payoff. And tonight's the payoff. The game should be over by now, and the people will be arriving. I'll be the host of our little party. You'll be host for a party of one in a wood box, Jack. Diane, shall I... Diane! It's a kid. Don't let him in, Frankie. Come in, Phil. Hello, sweetie. Hello, Diane. Frankie? Yeah. Hello, Mr. Templer. Hello, Phil. Ball game over, honey? Yeah, it's over. How do you feel? Dirty. Oh, don't feel bad about it, sweetie. In a week or two, you'll forget all about it. Sit down, Phil. I've taken over the party. Let's all find out what games we've been playing. Diane, I'm getting an awful frustration listening to him. Let him talk. Thank you. Phil. Yes, Mr. Templer? What line did Diane use to get you to throw the game tonight? The fixer had something on her she was afraid of him, something would happen to her if you didn't do as he wanted? <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. You know the real reason? Go on. Tell him, Jack. I will, Frankie. It was a trap for you, Phil. This outfit is big and smart. They're willing to make an investment and wait a while to cash in. It's too tough to get next to a major league player. You'll be up there this year or next... And when you get there, you'll do what the fixer tells you, because there's a club over your head. Yeah? Yeah. A certain payoff you took in a hotel room at the region for throwing a game with the Blue Sox. You understand that? I understand. Your father found out about it. He had the room right over this one, 908, and he listened on the fire escape. He was seen from in here, and he was killed. Then they took him back up the fire escape to his room and rigged the suicide. But they forgot to wash all the blood off the iron outside this window. You're going to listen to him, kid? He's an erotic. Diane, aren't you going to say something? I didn't have anything to do with it, honey. It, it was the fixer who did it. Yeah, I believed in the fixer, too, at first, Diane, until I came to your room the first time. Down the bar, you said you didn't know me. Up here, you told Frankie I was the saint. 
He made other slips tonight. So? So I know who the fixer is. Who is he? You mean, who is she? Fixer is a very beautiful woman, Diane. The fixer is you. What is this, a filibuster or something? Let's assume you're right, Mr. Templer. Where does it get you? Where does it change things? I'm turning you over to the police, and Frankie can hardly shoot both Phil and myself. He won't have to, just you. Uh, you underestimate me, Saint. We should have had more time alone together. Phil will do whatever I tell him in spite of what's happened. Won't you, sweetie? Will you, Phil? Diane, I... See? I made sure of Phil, Saint. I made sure of him first. He'll crawl on his hands and knees if I tell him to. Because if he doesn't, I might stop being nice to him. And he couldn't stand that. Uh, you should have thought of that, Saint. They got a mental block or something. Finish with Mr. Templer, Frank. We've got to finish packing. This gun says get over to the window, Saint. This time there won't be no blood in the fire escape. Just a lot on the sidewalk. Pretty messy that way, Frankie. Your subconscious will hate you. I won't look down. Now. You're going over to the window quiet. Phil, sit down. Stand back, kid. I ain't playing with this thing. Phil, I told Keep you to sit back. down. Watch out, Phil. He's going to... You kill my father! You... Give me that gun, Frankie, or I'll break your wrist. I'll kill you. No, you won't, Frankie. Think what your analyst would say. And this makes us even. Oh, Frankie, Frankie. Phil, how, how bad is it? <laughs> not, not bad. Just my arm. But not my pitching arm. Oh, good. Why, you... Diane, stand still. Better go for the police, Phil. Can you make it? Yeah, yeah, I can make it. And Phil, thanks. What you did makes up for the game. We'll figure out that later. Uh, about Dad, Saint. He did all he could to protect you, Phil. Yeah, he, he did like me then. More than anything else, he told me. You better leave. I want you out of here before that bookie shows up to pay off. Uh, Mr. Templer, he won't be showing up. I didn't lose the game tonight. Tell me more, Phil. I pitched a three-hit shutout. I figured it was the least I could do for Lefty. The kid's gonna be all right, Mr. Temple? Phil will be all right, definitely. You know, I can't blame him for getting tangled up with that Diane. Now, there is real aged-in-the-wood stuff. She won't be quite as attractive when she gets out, Louie. Twenty years does something to a woman. Should have seen what it done to my wife if she was no prize to begin with. What do you think was wrong with Diane, Mr. Temper? An emotionally insecure childhood? <laughs> You've been talking to Frankie. I think Diane felt an urge to corrupt, Louie, to feel power. Revenge, perhaps, for something hidden in her past. It might have been her childhood. Might have been society. So, now society exacts further toll. Twenty years. Uh, I feel like a drink, Louis. Where to, Mr. Templer? Back to the region. I've got a scotch waiting for me at the bar. You have been listening to another transcribed adventure of The Saint, the Robin Hood of Modern Crime. And now here is our star, Vincent Price. Ladies and gentlemen, the most priceless gift which a community can give its children is a fine education. Here in America, your parents have been able to take that education pretty well for granted. But that won't be true of the future unless we plan now to cope with the educational problems of the future. There are going to be lots of them, we know that for sure. Because of the increased birth rate during and since the war... An extra seven million children are going to be enrolling in our public schools. And the way things stand, our schools just aren't ready to handle them. 
The problem varies from district to district, but it's always a problem of shortages. In some localities, there aren't enough classrooms, and in others, not enough books and equipment. And overall, we're suffering from a shortage of teachers. In order to meet the challenge and make sure that our youngsters will get the education they deserve, we'll have to lay down an educational blueprint for the years ahead. Our local school boards are doing that right now, but they can't do it alone. They need everyone's efforts to build a stronger educational system. If you wish to help, simply contact your local school board. And for further information, write to the National Citizens Commission for the Public Schools, New York, New York. That's the National Citizens Commission for the Public Schools, New York, New York. Good citizens everywhere are helping, for they know that better schools make better communities. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at this same time for another exciting adventure of the saint. Good night. Tonight's script of the saint was written by Dick Powell. Our cast tonight included Gloria Blondell, Jack Moyles, Hal Marsh, Ed Max, Bob Clark, and Larry Dodger. The music was composed and conducted by Von Dexter. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, is a James L. Sapir production and is directed by Helen Mack. Vincent Price is soon to be seen co-starring in RKO's production of His Kind of Woman. All you Saint fans will be glad to know that the Saint comic books are on sale at all newsstands. Your announcer, Val Brown. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. There's fine entertainment on Theater Guild on the Air returning next Sunday on NBC. This weekend, 400 Americans have a holiday date with death. Stay off the list. Be careful. Next, Sam Spade. Then hear Catherine Grayson on NBC. Stay tuned for Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. All righty then, let's get a few laughs going here. Easy enough when joined by Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. In tonight's episode, they have just completed a movie for Walt Disney and are looking forward to his visit to their show. The makers of Chase and Sanborn Coffee and Royal Puddings bring you the Charlie McCarthy Show. This is Ken Carpenter, ladies and gentlemen, greeting you on behalf of Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy, Ray Noble, and his orchestra, Anita Gordon, Mortimer Snard, Pat Patrick as Ursula Twing, Alan Reed, Jack Mather, and our special guests, Walt Disney and Donald Duck. Tonight we come to you from Pasadena, California, where we've just seen a preview of Edgar and Charlie's new picture, Fun and Fancy Free, by Walt Disney, which will have its world premiere in New York City on September 27th. And here are Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy! Well, Charlie... What did you think of the picture? Oh, boy, great, great. I give it four bells. Why, you clumsy butterfingers, you? (laughs) That man is true. All right. Well, I love the title, Fun and Fancy Free. You'd love anything that's free, (laughs) Bergen. Well, frankly, 
My chest is sticking out with pride. Yeah? Yes. Your stomach is even prouder. Yeah. (laughs) Dolly, what do you think of of your work in the picture? Oh, please, no. I can't. What? Oh, you you know how darn easy I blush. Oh, Oh, why must I be so cursed with all this talent? All right, all right. Well, there were others in the show besides you, you know. There was Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. Well, Max, every picture has to have extras. Yes, I know. <laughs> and there's also Goofy. Oh, I say, did somebody call me? No, no. <laughs> uh, no. Where, where's Mr. Disney? Well, he'll be right back, Ray. Oh. Ray, don't you think we should show Mr. Disney our gratitude with a... A little speech of appreciation. Yes, that would be nice. I think it would be nice. Yes, mm-hmm. make him happy, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could tell him one of my uh, dreadfully droll witticisms. No. Uh-huh. no. Oh, this one's about a kangaroo. Yeah? Yes. If only I could remember the paunch line. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you get it? That's what's known as a foolproof joke. Yes, yes. Yeah. And you're just a fool that can prove it, too. <laughs> Ray, where do you get those awful jokes? Well, Edgar, I, I just drop in at the barbecue place down the street. They're right. always good for a few ribs. Now, that's... Yeah, that's uh, uh, now, Charlie, what about this speech? I, I don't think it's necessary for both of us to give one. No, no. So I think I'm going to let you do the talking for me. Uh, me do the talking for you? Yes. Well, now, that's an interesting switch. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Now, let me hear what you're going to say. Now, when you speak, you you must speak from the diaphragm. Uh Uh-huh. I have spoken. (laughs) And remember, you must be convincing. The best orator is one who can make his men see with their ears. Uh Yes, yes. Now, when I talk... They listen with their noses. No, no. (laughs) Well, go on with your speech, Charlie. Well, how is this? Uh, Let's see, uh... Uh, fellow convicts. No, 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 no. I thought I was in school. No. <laughs> oh, there you are, Edgar. Well, Walt Disney. <laughs> Donald Duck. <laughs> well, Edgar, how did you like the picture? Mr. Disney, it behooves me to say... That it was an honor, a great honor to work for you. Oh, Charlie, that's nice of you. An honor, I might say, I richly deserve. (laughs) Well, I hope we have the pleasure of working together again. That would be nice. Mr. Disney, I can do the same thing for you that I did for Bergen. Oh, no, thanks. I like to keep my hair. (laughs) (laughs) Walt, I thought you did a splendid job in that picture. Kidding, he wasn't even in at all. <laughs> but don't you think Donald Duck gave a sterling performance? Sterling? Well, that's silver. I think of him more on the pewter side. <laughs> but didn't you like Donald in that role? The, the only role I'd like him in is a casserole. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the way he waddles. <laughs> Reminds me of Bergen coming out of the shower. Oh. <laughs> oh, now, Donald, I'm sure that deep down inside, Charlie likes you very much. Uh, or what? Uh, <laughs> well, now, let's not start that. Uh, don't, you, don't you have something nice, Donald, to say to Charlie? Okay. 
Drop dog. <laughs> That's it. Vineyard delinquent, I'll snatch you ball tailed. Now, Charlie, <laughs> let go of his feathers. Let go. <laughs> oh, now, see, Charlie, you Perkins, you pull some of his tail feathers out. Okay, I'll stick them back in. There. <laughs> Why, you Long Island entree, you? Why don't you fly south? <laughs> now, let's not quibble about who was the best performer. Ray, who do you think contributed most to the picture? Uh, well, not merely because I wrote some of it, but I rather like the music. Especially the song that goes like this. Were you satisfied with your role? Uh, hmm? 
<laughs> Did you enjoy the picture? Well, but it sure was scary. Scary. Mortimer, only very stupid people are frightened by a motion picture. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure I can qualify. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose it was the big giant that frightened you. No, no, it was that other fellow there with the pigeon-toed eyes. Pigeon-toed eyes? Yeah. Looked like his face was buttoned wrong. Buttoned wrong. <laughs> well, now, who in the world could that have been? Scary person. Yeah, yeah. Well, describe him. Well, some of his teeth stuck out so far it looked like he swallowed a rake. Yeah. <laughs> Blonde hair. Yeah. Cross-eyed. Yeah. And he had buck teeth. Yeah, that's all. I'm beginning to see the light. Yeah, yeah. Well, good morning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you know the person's name. Well, now think. No, I do Well, it was Mortimer's nerd. Well, give me a better hint than that. <laughs> Mortimer, you were in the picture. Oh. No. <laughs> well, I'm flabbergasted. Yeah. I hope seeing yourself in the picture isn't a disappointment. Well, I, I know that I was homely, but I... Didn't know I was so good at it. Oh. Well, don't let it upset you. Well, I can't help it. It's seeing me on the screen like that sort of... sort of destroyed something fine in me. I think. <laughs> what? My appetite. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, that really photographed my bad side. Your bad side? Yeah. Which one is that? I tried my faces on. <laughs> Well, surely, Mortimer, you knew you were in the picture. What did you think we were doing at the studio every day under those lights? Charlie said we'd get in the suntan. Charlie was ribbing you. If Charlie told you black was white, I bet you'd believe it. Oh, see, black was white, black was white, yeah. Well, ain't it? No, no. Ah, uh, you certainly have more than your share of stupidity. Well, 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 it's the old story. Them who has, get. Yeah, that's right. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mortimer, there's only one Mortimer Snurry. Uh, friend. Yeah, you... uh, friend. Yes. Uh, friends, I have come before you. You have? Uh, well, I haven't exactly come before you either because uh, you were here when I arrived. Yes. <laughs> but would you mind telling us, who are you? Well, I uh, I am from the state of uh, Iowa. From Iowa? Well, out here, who isn't? <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, but I am from uh, Pinpoint, Iowa. Yeah, well, it's really, it really uh, East Pinpoint. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yes. The suburb. And uh, I understand that you had a showing of the new uh, Walt Disney picture, and right. it's about Jack and the Beanstalk. Yes, 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 we did. Uh, what about it? Well, why, why didn't you invite me? <laughs> we were afraid you'd accept. <laughs> well, what I want to know, Smarty, uh, well, I-, I want you to know that, that I am just plenty hot under the collar. Well, that's good. Yeah. 
Because you ain't so hot above it. Uh, uh, young man, uh, I'll have you know that I am an uh, exhibitor. Exhibitor? That's right. Uh, oh. And I, I represent a chain of a few theaters. Well, well. <laughs> well, we must be nice to an exhibitor, Charlie. Yes. And I have my finger on the pulse of the people, too. Fresh thing. Uh-huh, all right. And why, just last week they were complaining. Yeah, no quality in the picture? No, no butter on the popcorn. Oh. <laughs> you don't mean that your popcorn is more important than the picture? Oh, I don't. Well, I mean, do you? Well, for goodness sakes, my gosh, I do. You do, yeah. Yes. Well, last week we had a 2,000 bag picture. Really? <laughs> I took my wife uh, to see it, and we ate popcorn all through the best years of our lives. <laughs> and now you can spend your remaining years drinking water. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I want to see uh, is if this uh, Disney picture has uh, popcorn appeal. Popcorn appeal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be glad to tell you about it. Oh, you will? Oh, I'll sit over here. Now, um... The story opens in a beautiful little place called Happy Valley, where everybody was happy. They were always laughing and laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Pardon me, sir, but why are you crying in Happy Valley? I just moved here from Pasadena. (laughs) Well, nearly everybody was happy in the valley because of a beautiful golden harp that sang and played. Favorite 
as I look forward to it's the secret that gives a clue. He's my favorite. You know you're the hero, my most favorite. Anita Gordon, that was the golden harp. No wonder they were happy. Yes, but one day, one day tragedy struck. From out of nowhere, a fearsome giant swooped down on me. And carried the singing harp away. Oh, no, no. Help. Get the FBI. Get Dick Tracy. Ken, do something. Calling all cars. Be on the lookout for a giant wanted for kidnapping a hot girl with red hair and... That is all. <laughs> that is not all either. Here is an important announcement. We come to the table for nourishment, of course. But uh, <clears throat> it's the flavor of our food that makes eating a pleasure. You've always loved royal puddings for their rich, smooth deliciousness. You love them doubly these days of high food prices because they cost so little, only a few pennies a serving. And what a hit they make. Royal puddings taste not just delicious, but more delicious, say women who use them. Yes, when 1,052 royal users told why they switched to royal from other popular brands, eight out of ten said royal puddings taste more delicious. And you'll agree when you try royal chocolate pudding. Such luscious, chocolatey flavor reminds you of fine, rich milk chocolate. So smooth, creamy, textured, and easy to make. So no wonder women buy more royal puddings than any other kind. Get royal puddings tomorrow. No need any longer to put up with flavorless wartime brands. Insist on genuine royal. Remember, eight out of ten say royal puddings taste more delicious. Yet they cost only a few pennies a serving. <laughs> And now to get back to the story. Yeah, well, first wipe the pudding off your mouth. All right. <laughs> the singing harp was gone, and Happy Valley was no longer happy. Poverty and desolation came to everyone. They had just paid their taxes. No. <laughs> the poor people, the poor people were starving, starving, starving. Thurgan, just tell it. Don't ham it. All right. <laughs> oh, oh, friends, uh, this is going to be uh, just... Peachy for popcorn sale. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. And now comes the most tragic and dismal part of the story. I thought we just had it. No, no, no. Yes, we did. I, I've been just sitting there whimpering and sniveling until my eyes are like little tiny red beads. Yes. <laughs> well, there were three poor farmers who were desolate. All that stood between them and starvation was their cow. Won't take long to eat through her. <laughs> oh, now, now, just a moment. I, I hope you're not going to kill that poor, poor cow. No, no, they won't kill it. They're just going to take it to a used cow lot. <laughs> Operated by Madman Moose here. <laughs> That's true. But the used cow man was out of town, so they talked to his wife, Emma, about a fair deal. Well, what shape was she in? 
Well, she was the type who should never wear slacks. No, no. <laughs> or do you mean the cow? <laughs> All right. Oh, it was a sad moment. Her big brown eyes flooded with tears as she stood there chewing and drooling. Ah, uh, who? Emma or the cow? <laughs> Both of them. All right. <laughs> so when the woman said to the cow, she said, Are you a good milker? And the cow said, Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and would you favor us with a quart of milk? No. <laughs> and why not? I'm not in the mood. <laughs> A talking, a talking cow? Yes. Why, that's utter nonsense. Yes. <laughs> so they traded a cow for three magic beans and planted the beans in the ground. My word, of all places. Yes. And the magic beans started to grow. Up, 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 and up. Everybody fasten your safety belt, please. <laughs> and then one by one, they started to climb up to the beanstalk. <laughs> Oh, boy, what a climb of that beanstalk. I, I'm, all, I'm all out of breath. Me, too. My cow. <laughs> My word, look at that magnificent cow. Let's go in. Yeah, let's go in. Kind of spooky. That sounds like the stolen harp girl. Let's go sing. Oh, Darling, Charlie, my hero, you've come to rescue me. Yes, we have. Oh, poor Miss Harp. Let me take you in my arms. <laughs> oh, you tickle. <laughs> I'll hold you a little closer. <laughs> oh, yes, I held you too close. <laughs> oh, what's that? What's that? That's the horrible giant. You're not afraid, are you? No, I always have lavender skin. <laughs> I smell the blood of an Englishman. Oh, but really now, please don't I? <laughs> I'm half Scotch anyway. I'm so anemic, you see. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, Paul, what happened to Fun? He's with Abner. Oh. I'm glad you came here just in time for dinner. Oh, thank you. In fact, you'll be my dinner. Yeah. Oh, no, no, not that. Oh, sir, have mercy. Why do you want to eat a scrawny little boy like me? I'm on the Clark Gable diet. <laughs> well, if you let me go... I'll give you this little duck for a pet. Oh, I like little pretty ducks. <laughs> and I have a nice warm place for him to stay. <laughs> In my oven. <laughs> Don't you know no one's allowed up here on this beanstalk? What are you doing here? We, we just came to borrow a saw and an axe to chop down a beanstalk to get rid of a big nuisance. Oh, well, in that case, I'll help you. Yes. Here is the saw, Thank you. and here is the... Yes. What? 
beanstalk. <laughs> come here, come you. Come here, Ray, Donald. Come on down to beanstalk. <laughs> Oh, my pants! Start sawing! Start sawing! Timber! Chunky little rascal, wasn't he? <laughs> what a story, huh? And what a picture. Uh, yes, but it will it sell popcorn? Oh. I guess next Sunday will be Betty Hutton. Betty Hutton? Woody, coming to see me? Yeah. What a max that'll be. What do you mean? <laughs> the blonde bombshell meets the red-headed blockbuster. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's The Whistler, followed by Duffy's Tavern. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer of Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.